content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. Listeners to WTF You're Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. I am Decker. <laughs> do you know me? <laughs> I barely know myself. And we're here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so, here's, here's how this works. We have six categories of topics, and the next episode's contents will be determined by the roll of a die. So we have true crime. Paranormal, history and education, science and technology, entertainment, and current events. So we get that eight-sided die. If you roll a one, then you're going to roll a six-sided die for those same six categories, except it has to be local. So Idaho or any state bordering Idaho. And if you get an eight, then it's a wild. You get to talk about whatever the hell you want. Woo! Also, I realize I always pick up the dice every time you say it. You do. And I don't have any numbers, so I just end up trying to, like, like where's the wild? There it is! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, num- uh, I like that child that's like learning like how shapes work and gets really upset that the square doesn't, doesn't go in the right. Around <laughs> You're the one that's no! like on the thing. Did you have that game there? You put everything in the pegs and it exploded. Yeah, yeah, and I did. Like shake and make it really hard to put the things <laughs> in, and you're time. like, I don't have fine motor skills. I'm three. Like. <laughs> And then, like, it explodes, like, and then it oh. shoots everything out in your face, and you're like, I'm bad at shapes. I'm three. It's getting me prepared for explosions. <laughs> My life, shrapnel, dodge. I feel like it was more just preparing you for your, like, future as a failure. And on that note. <laughs> you cannot complete this puzzle. It exploded in your face. Everything else will explode in your face. Yep, uh, as is, yep. You know, I remember that. I remember that game. Um, and, oh gosh, there were so many fun games. Like, there was, uh, I remember like the, it was like Don't Wake Up Dad or something like that. I never had that one. I, I know what, which one you're talking yeah, cause, about. Yeah, because like you try to sneak around and then like, depending on like what would happen, like he'd go like, oh, like it sit up at a 90 degree angle. Doesn't he like snore or something? Yeah. And like you have to, I don't forget, like you have to boop him on the nose. <laughs> boop. Boop your father. Dude, just like a shark. That's my snooze button. Or my schnoz button. Ew. That was bad. I don't like that. Ew. What? It's my schnoz. It's his schnoz. He's schnoot. Schnoot boop. Oh, sleepy cat. <laughs> He's hugging them. Can't. The what? <laughs> my brain was like going to say he's hugging the mattress, but that was wrong. <laughs> and then I was like. You're correct. That is wrong. Comforter? Uh, I'm bad at words. That bodes well for this. Yeah. An audio yeah. file. I don't know. <laughs> I'm also bad at words. That is also right. <laughs> we are here to help you. We're here to make everyone else feel better about themselves in terms of how they talk. <laughs> because we sure can. Well, if these fuckers are doing it, then we must be fine. Whoop, whoop. That's Yep. Uh, well, Decker, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, I ugh, got history and education. And... um. I found something really bizarre 
during one of my searches long ago, and like now I am in the habit of like as soon as I find something like interesting, but like I don't have the role, I just bookmark it and add it to like a list yep. of things. There are so many things right? saved in my fucking home screen. So it makes it so much easier. So I don't have to think about the role. I'm just like, oh, that'd be fun to talk about one day. Mm -hmm. Just put it in the vault. <laughs> so just like Disney. In the this vault. is one where I'm gonna be actually talking about an office, um, in our government. Okay. That I've never heard of ever. But it makes sense that we have it. I just never heard of this name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be talking about the office of the comptroller of the currency. Have you heard of that? I have. Okay. I don't know anything about it, but I have heard these words in that order. Yeah. The office of the comptroller of the currency. So. It reminds me of that store a million years ago, uh, CompUSA. Comp USA. Yeah, do you remember that? It sounds familiar. Yeah. Kind of like the name here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've never heard of this one. And this is an office that is devoted to um, basically how it, how our currency is like monitored and like distributed and how banks interact with each other. So it is part of, it's a independent agency or independent bureau within the Department of Treasury. Treasury, and it was established by the National Currency Act of 1863. This was actually started by Abraham Lincoln oh. to help um, with, you know, getting money to fight the Civil War. Okay, that Fun makes fact. sense. Um, yeah, and then it ended up after it's, you know, after that era of stuff, it ended up becoming a agency to oversee um, basically the health of banking systems and loans and making sure that like people don't start putting in like start messing with stock market stock markets and like stock markets stark, stark markets right stark stark market. industries is now also on the you know, <laughs> it's, it's fiscally responsible <laughs> um, but yeah they uh, they're an agency that supervises all national banks and thrift institutions for those of you that don't know what thrift institutions are um I thought it was maybe like my brain really thought thrift store. <laughs> it was like, why do they care about thrift stores? But it's um, cooperative banks is what they like um, a credit union. That's what I thought at first, but not quite. So I mean, like they do. I like I was seeing stuff indicate hinting that cooperative banks can be similar to credit unions. But a cooperative bank is a banking system in which. Every member, you know how like like ICCU here, right? You put twenty five dollars in your savings, and it's basically like how you own part of that bank, mm -hmm. right? It's like your membership fee, but it's mm -hmm. a one time fee. So think of that with like cooperative banks, except for like every person has basically a say, and that say is equal across all playing fields, no matter how many, how much money you're contributing to the bank. Okay. Right? So I'd like to think of that as like the purest form of like democracy, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like it doesn't matter if I have like a million dollars or just a grand. Me being a part of the bank, I have a say in what the bank can choose to invest in or not. Okay. Was what I gathered from it. Again, I finance world is way out. It's it's almost like reading like legalese. Mm -hmm. Like I tried to read, I was gonna talk about like one thing in here. I was like, oh, no, that is way over my head. It's just verbal gobbledygook. So, um, well, like yeah. I said, I believe you. I can't yeah. say you're wrong. Woo! Yeah, you cannot fact check me. Immediately fact checks. There's no way to know. <laughs> I destroyed Google. Um, and then it also, um, 
tries to do several things for the majority of, or at least what its powers allow. So the first thing is ensure safety and soundness of the national banking system, right? So this is making sure like that there's an adequate amount of money in, you know, banks available and that's not all gone. So like think about like the Great Depression where like they, everyone like the stock started to crash and there was like, mm-hmm. no money in the banks. So started just everyone throwing themselves screwed. out windows and yeah. So don't want that again. Um, not really. No. No. Uh, and then also to help foster competition to allow banks to offer new products and services. I was trying to find an example for that. I did not. And what that makes me think of is it's trying to ensure healthy business practices to allow businesses to grow. Right. So if you think about like take, take banks out of the system for this, but if you have, um, uh, this is a great example because I work for a software company. Let's say you have one software that provides one thing and there's another software that provides similar things, but each one of them offers something different, right? It's making sure that they can both healthily grow and help support them while enabling competition to be a thing. Because if you can't have competition, then you have a monopoly, mm-hmm. right? So it's basically making sure that there's like a healthy distribu- dis- distribution of power while also allowing them to be successful as a business in a sense. And as we have businesses. learned from the board games, Monopolies make people angry. <laughs> it makes it's a long game that only one person's happy about at the end, and everyone, and everyone wants to murder. Lost eight hours of their life. Yeah, and they're like, "Why do we?" It's like Risk. See, I've never actually played Risk. Uh, risk is Risk is interesting because I. It's funny because I love strategy games. I don't get Risk, and Risk is purely strategy, where it's like. Um, you know, like, you have, like, four players, right? And each one has, like, you have, like, the U.S., and then you have, like, Asia, and then you have, um, like, Europe, and then you also have whatever the fuck is left. <laughs> so, um, and then basically you pick your strategic points, and, like, you have certain starting places with, like, um, units of different varying powers, and then you can choose how you want to go and, like, spend those units, right? Because each, if you want to take over territory, that's going to cost you something, probably with your units, and just run and like creating allies and whatnot. We um, had we had a risk board growing up, but my father most certainly got it at like a yard sale or something, so it was missing about half the pieces and the instructions. So that's a fun way to play risk. When we played risk, it was like we made up just something where we were moving pieces around the board, and it was most definitely not risk. Yeah, see, and risk is one of those games like you know how pandemics were like really thinky for us. Yeah. Right. Risk is on, like, a whole different level. Like, it's thinky like that, but with a lot of rules. Did you know that there is a Risk Legacy game? I don't know what that means. So, like, Betrayal Legacy, the one that we've been playing? Oh, like, the game Evolves? Yeah. I, you know, I really love those kinds of games. I really want to be... Me too. We got another one recently called Seafall that I'm excited to try. <clears throat> I'd like to check that out. If it allows for... At least five players, because I know that's kind of I, like that's kind I of. I think it was five. You, people. you, John, Emily, and Christian. Christian's thing. Yeah, the um, because betrayal is five max, five people, and I I think Seafall is also five people max. They're like max five people, min three people. <sighs> Can't min max. Because I was saying, I speak in abbreviations now. Apparently. Uh, where was I? Oh yes, so um. Right, so fostering competitions by helping them provide new products and services, right? So, like, because they want them to be successful, because if they're not successful, that helps the government be successful, thus, you know, thriving economy, etc. Um, 
they also try to exert equal access and fairness to all kinds of financial assistance. So be that um, like with services like for like loans or, you know, I mean, really, that's it. Loans. I mean, cool. like, I can't think of like anything else that banks necessarily offer other than like loans and places to put your money for safekeeping or for investments, like an investment portfolio for like, uh, you know, invest in these stocks. Normally, those are like the really the big three things. Is yeah, like, I guess I've never really thought about like other things that banks do. Yeah, they either they store your money and protect it, or that's what they're supposed Allegedly. to do. They invest it and help you get return on investment by giving you by giving them your assets and letting them profit. They give you part of the reward back. Uh, or you get a loan, and you basically ask for money, and based on how risky of a borrower you are and the potential for profit based on what venture you're going into, you get the loan or you don't. Um, they also, this part's fun because in my head, I was thinking about like a new TV show because they help to enforce anti-money laundering and anti-terrorism finance laws. Like, so that way, like, I don't go support the cartel. <laughs> or, like, I don't go... You don't go support the cartel. Support the cartel. <laughs> yep. My English is good. My English. <laughs> e. uh, and then they also investigate misconduct com- committed by institutions affiliated with national banks, which is including officers, directors, employees, agents, and independent contractors, which can include appraisers, attorneys, and accountants. So in my head, I was thinking, like, NCIS, but for, like... But the finance money. divisions, right? It's oh my so, god, it's the accountants. Right? The accountants, and they're just like the pencil pushers. They have their, like, their freaking, like, uh, you know, pocket protector with, like, their. Pull your weapon, and it's like a 10 key. 10 key? You, uh, that part of your keyboard right there? Oh. That's a 10 key. But they also have separate things that <laughs> it's are called just. called a calculator. So my, my mom is an accountant. Okay. And whenever, like when I was little and she'd have to work and I have to go to the office with her, I would play with the 10 key all the time. So it's just like typing on the little 10 keyboard and then it would um, print out on like a roll of receipt paper because I'm a thousand years old. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, my mom had one of those. Yeah, yes. And it would make little sounds and everything. And That was my favorite part. Yeah. Was the sounds. Yeah. I didn't care what the numbers were. And it had, yeah, it was. Yep. And now I'm a numbers guy. A 10 key. Um, but yeah, in my head, I was like thinking like, because like NCIS or like, um, you know, Law or SVU and stuff, they all have like these crazy shows. And I'm, like, I'm waiting for like this one where it's like a scheme where they like, inst- they always have like the FBI agents go and investigate like people that are sending money to the cartel. It's like, what about these guys? That's literally their job. Yeah. <laughs> to go They're just like in the stuff. office under all the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, the ledger's been messed with. Who did this? Someone used a blue Someone pen, not a black one. Redacted one zero from the end. <laughs> no, from the middle. Oh my god! They replaced it with a decimal. Um. But yeah, pretty much, and their whole thing too is also ensure, um, basically the health of the government's finances. So I'm gonna talk about a couple. They are of not things. doing their job. Yeah, well, okay, so here's the thing, right? <laughs> they're not nece- they're, they're not necessarily part of the um you know, they don't necessarily deal with the tax division yeah. of things, right? Um and uh the 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 head, right? So the um office of the 
Comptroller, and that's comp with a C-O-M-P as in Paul. Comptroller, not controller. And do we know what that means exactly? Comptroller! Um, I did, and I forgot it. Comptroller, it means a controller. (laughs) 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 But particularly of... Uh, for financial officers. So, <laughs> so, just, so controller was not a good enough word. They were like, nope, we need to we need to throw a couple other letters in there. Yeah. It's, so that it's specific to finance. It's literally comptroller's definition is a controller, and but it's used for financial officers. That, okay. So it's just a different Okay, word. accountants, calm down. <laughs> we want to be special. Change our we name. We see you. We see you. Um but they they uh, also monitor several things that I'm going to explain definitions for because I didn't understand what these meant, right? So capital. So uh, do you know what capital means? Uh, that's the thing you invest, right? Kind of. So so capital is an asset that you can use to gain a greater return from like a new asset. So like one example I saw in here was think of a hunter, right? They're Capital, in a sense, would be bow and arrow. And okay. the greater return from those using those assets is going to be what they get back. In this case, it's going to be like deer or elk or something okay. like that. So it's an asset that you can use to gain a greater return from using said asset. Right? Um, basically something you could pawn. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's basically... And it's normally a physical commodity. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, a house... Uh, well, not necessarily a house, but like, you know, a building can be capital in a sense. The land is not capital because that's a non-renewable re- resource, mm-hmm. right? That's always going to be there. But a building can become capital because you can use that to help become a restaurant or become a hotel, right? It can become something that you can use to transition and gain more income off of said asset. Okay. Right? It has a return on investment in a sense. Um. Then they also check asset quality, which is making sure, like, if I was going to do a loan, it would basically doing, like, a threat assessment or, like, um, see how, you know, if I were to give you this much money, what... The likelihood that you'll pay it back. Yeah, the likelihood that you'll pay it back. Like, what does your history show? All that stuff. Um, management, which I don't know what that means. It probably just means, manage, like, business practices in terms of managing money. And then there's earnings and liquidity. Now, do you know what liquidity means? I do. I could not explain it, but I it's, am familiar with what it means. It's very weird. So, it's like when they talk about, oh, you have liquid assets. Right? So there's liquidity and there's fungibility. And I've used fungibility a lot because I love that word when I first heard it. And like, I may misuse it a lot, but I just like the word. Um, it sounds a lot like something you do with mushrooms. Right. <laughs> fungibility. But so liquidity, liquidity is the concept that if you were to buy or sell a lot of it, that the value of it would not change drastically. Mm-hmm. So think of gold, gold, like the gold standard. If I were to buy a lot of gold, right? Because if you think about supply and demand, normally if you there's a lot of demand, right? The supply will go down and possibly like the price can increase, up, yeah. right? So it does not do that. Like gold changes That's why they call it the little. gold standard. The gold standard, right? That's why it changes very little. So it's like you can buy a lot of gold, but also the return on investment for that is also going to be fairly low in a sense, right? Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to have gold, but that's just great if you don't want your 
your overall net worth to change, mm-hmm. right? Because if I have gold, it's not going to fluctuate very much, so it's going to be safe oh. in keeping how much like money I have. Whereas if I were to buy a very fancy house on the coast, right, that one's going to be very low in liquidity because of, one, it's, you can't buy this house multiple times, right? Mm-hmm. There's one of it. So therefore, it's going to have a huge price increase. It's also going to be harder, to, in a sense, to sell because Rarity or scarcity, right? Scarcity, correct. And then, if you were going to try and sell this house, yeah, there might be a lot of demand for it. But if you want a certain price for it, that's also going to make it harder, depending on what in the region it's like. Maybe it's a very nice house, but you're charging like up the wazoo, even mm-hmm. in considering of its place. It's going to be harder <laughs> to sell. But the only things with low liquidity have higher return on investment. And again, I'm not a financial advisor, so I could be totally off my rocker, but based off of my research, um, because things that have low liquidity, it means that, yeah, it's going to be maybe harder to sell or like maybe you're going to be less likely to buy it, but the person that wants to buy it, right, is going to be willing to spend more, which then also means that you can profit Get a off of it more. Yeah. Right? One example was there was a church, an old church, and they could probably sell it really quickly if they lowered the price, but... Because they wanted to sell at a higher price, it's been hard for it to sell in the market. Mm-hmm. So that's liquidity. Where fungibility is the concept of if I were to exchange one good for the same good, do I get that same value back? So think of the dollar bill. If I were to give you five singles for your $5 bill, I should, in a sense, have the same amount of money I ha- had originally. Mm-hmm. I just changed uh, the... What's the word I'm looking for? Medium? Kind of. It's like, um, I just changed, like, for me, I changed the quantity of what I had, but I didn't lose the value of what I had, mm-hmm. right? So something has changed with the uh, original asset. I'm going to use in the sense, because money in a sense is kind of an asset, right? Um, and that one's, that one doesn't change hardly at all. Whereas, like, if things have low fungibility, that'd be like, I have $5. And I give you that $5, and I'm hoping to get five singles back, but for some reason I only get $4.90. Rude. Right? Something's wrong with that asset because it did not retain its value when I tried to transition it into, like, a smaller quantity mm-hmm. of itself while retaining its value. Mm-hmm. So they try to make sure that stuff like that doesn't happen because I shouldn't be, like, you have transaction fees, which is different, right? So transaction fees are because you ask for something to happen and they charge you for having that thing happen. Whereas, if I were to have a $5 bill, all of a sudden, I just have that $5 bill just explodes in a change. God, I have a different problem. Can you imagine <laughs> how terrifying that would be? <laughs> like, do you have change for a dollar? Sure. Wow. It's like a slap bracelet. Like, it just explodes. Um, so, yeah, they check on that. And then they make sure that uh, they look at the sensitivity for market risk. So, making sure that, you know, it's the stock market's not going to crash and stuff. Mm-hmm. Making sure that that's all healthy, too. And then community reinvestment, which I guess there was a bill enacted, um, and this actually might sound familiar, because it did once I started bringing into it. The Community Reinvestment, um, what's the community reinvestment Act, yes, that was an, uh, introduced in 1977, yes, 1977, was a bill that was introduced to help avoid redlining. And redlining was is the um, practice where you avoid giving money to low-income households or, like, my, like certain people, mm-hmm. like minorities, to prevent them from going to certain areas, right? So think about, like, 
several decades ago, right? You'd have certain, like white flourishing suburbs, and then you'd have the outside areas that mm-hmm. were not thriving, and they would hike up their prices as well while hoeing these other areas because they wanted certain people to live in these areas. Yeah. There's also the concept of reverse. Was it reverse redlining? Because uh, I saw that and it kind of, I was really confused by it. Yeah, redlining, and then there's yeah reverse redlining where instead of you hiking up prices and stuff like that. You just lower pricing in other areas to encourage other kinds of behavior, mm-hmm. right? Or like you try to put stuff to get certain people in that area. Do go back to my thing though. But yeah, apparently the OCC is what it's called. It regulate over fourteen hundred national banks, which Holy is two thirds of the banking community. That is I'm a lot. Say. I'm not gonna say industry because that just feels weird. Thank you, sector. Um. And they also, the, the, uh, the comptroller themselves, they oversee the, uh, the Federal uh, Deposit Insurance Corporation, so the FDIC, which you may have heard before, the Federal Reserve, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and the National Credit Union Administration. So they, they basically help out with several other things. Uh, also, Financial Bureau Protection, a financial crimes enforcement network. That's where that's where I was also like, yeah, they that, need their own TV show. Sounds like legit. Yeah, the financial crimes enforcement. Like, I'm wondering if they were. They These were probably, are their stories. Like dun, the, dun. like the Ponzi scheme. I'm I'm assuming they were yeah. probably heavily involved. Yeah. With that. Um, and then Dude, I wonder if they work with the Better Business Bureau. I would, you know, I would. It, that sounds like they should. Right, because if you have finding businesses, it's going to be affecting banks, thus affecting mm-hmm. you know finances and so forth. And the comptroller also serves as the director of the Neighborhood Reinvestment Corporation. So it's basically like they're also a part of that to help make sure that banks are reinvesting into communities and helping Instead bring up more money. impoverished stuff. Right. So I would say if that's not successful, in a sense. That's a, a, like I wouldn't say it's wholly their failure, but it would be. But a it's failure something they should be looking start. into. Yeah. Right. So um, there is a site that you can go to if you want to learn more about banks, like in terms of like what banks are healthy or not, or what things you can do to be better, like prepared when going into banks, which is called helpwithmybank.gov. That is our site. It definitely looks like the most basic site I've ever seen. It. It's, oh my god. Right. It's just a white page with. Um, hyperlinks embedded in it. They paid the minimum amount of money for that. Yeah, like, they really, like, if they really wanted to make this more user-friendly, they could clean it up. Like, it doesn't be all flashy, but it could have been a bit more organized. It, it's just, like, a block of text. Yeah, and, I mean, at least they alphabetized it. <laughs> and they also, wow, such effort. But, like, one of the things I saw here was this thing here, like, did you hear about how Wells Fargo has to uh, $500 million in restitution? They have to pay back because of bad practices. And Wells Fargo has been known for this a mm-hmm. lot. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I've also heard, again, this is hearsay, but I've heard that they had alleged, like, indirectly helped with the facilitation of, like, money laundering for cartels. I wouldn't be surprised. But they have to do this because, um, I, I'm not sure if this is for the original issue that I heard about, but I know in the past they used to open up more bank accounts for people. Mm-hmm. To help meet their quotas, right? Mm-hmm. And they would just open up these bank accounts 
with like no money in them, but these bank accounts would then incur fees. And there were some people like who'd have like eight bank accounts when they originally only opened one. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What's happening? Why am I getting charged all this money? I'm not paying this." Yeah, which like that happened to me with U.S. Bank, where like they tried to like charge me up the wazoo because of uh, what was it? They tried to charge me for a for delivering me paper like mail of like stating how much my balance was. What? And that caused me, like, and I canceled my bank, I canceled my thing with them, but they never canceled my account, and they kept sending that to the point where then eventually it overdrafted my account that I canceled, and they tried to come after me for, like, like over, like, $150. I was like, no, I canceled my bank account, and also, that's, I can't believe you tried to overdraft me and by also, sending me paper, like, paper notices. Like, at that point, you should stop sending me paper notices about my bank account. If it's going to cost canceled. me. Right. So, that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, they even have, I guess they even have, like, their own, like, little uh, press releases and stuff when they go against, like, like introduce orders of restitution and unsound practices. So, if you're looking for a good read... <laughs> it's really wild, guys. Yeah. But, that's what I was going to talk about, because I definitely was like... This is a thing, and it makes me think of all the other different agencies or bureaus that we have in our government that I've never never heard of. heard of. Right, and like, what do they do? See, I've definitely heard of Comptroller before. I wonder if that is because my mom was an accountant. Yeah. So because they're not controllers, they're they're controllers. They're special. Yep. So, Katie. Oh yeah, this is good. I need to make sure I get a title. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, I got uh, local paranormal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and after I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you some stuff, and then we're gonna go take a little break, and we're gonna watch a uh, yeah I'm looking forward to dinner. Watch a film. Whoa. Um, and John's gonna laugh because he, he said he said something multiple times. He was like, "You guys talk about Zach Bacon's a lot." Well, guess what? We're gonna watch an episode of Ghost Adventures. Yeah. So <laughs> does he like the Bacon's? He, I think he likes him in the same way that we do. Dude, I love him. And yeah, I have so much um, love for him. Joe, uh, Bryn's husband. If if you are listening, we are aware that you are a fan of the Bagans. He's a fan of the Baganses. We need to have a Zach Bagans party. <laughs> we need to have. I, like... don't think, I don't think he's a fan. Like we're a fan. I think I'm he's a like a fan. Oh, he's like a legit fan. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like I'm still a fan. I mean, I just can be a fan of. Different, I'm not gonna lie. I'm reasons. really excited to go to his haunted museum this weekend. You can you can still love a guy that you. Hate. It's true, and Ghost Adventures has evolved to a point now where you can tell that it's very much about like ratings and everything. Where in the beginning it wasn't so much. Right. So, well, I've gotten off topic. <laughs> anyway, no, so go it's ahead. just it's funny though because it's like like you have friends, right? You can love your friends and like not like certain things that they do. That's how I feel about the Bacon's. That's like, true. I love. Watching his shows, and I hate that he gives me blue balls by not opening up the Dybbuk box. <laughs> it just really hurts me. <laughs> you know, I I get so excited, and then he just, you know, really just lets me down. I listened to a podcast where, I don't know, they were talking about the episode with the Dybbuk box, where, I think it was the one from it's Haunted Possessions. I think it's the one where that particular show. Where he, where he has to wear sunglasses? No. Um, okay. That was Demon House. Um, the Haunted Possessions, where they do talk about the Divic box, and that's where 
they bring in the guy who like his grandmother had it or so the guy was related to it somehow i don't remember um I think I talked about this in the episode when we talked about the Divic box. It was my second grandmother that was removed three times. But he, he's in the room with the Divic box, and then he, like, stands up and starts, like, saying weird, this, like, strange, rhyming narrative. And people were like, oh my god, he's possessed, blah blah blah. And I was like, okay, but this, the man that is doing this is a creative fiction writer. So... Is it really that far out of the realm of possibility that he wrote that and now he's doing this weird thing because TV show? Hmm. Thoughts. <laughs> Definitely not that. Anyways, uh, you have family in Rigby, right? I do. Where, uh, can you like geographically explain that? I don't know what you mean by that. Like what, where, in, like, is Rigby what is around like, Rigby? Okay, because Rigby's just my family. <laughs> if we're being honest, like that is, <laughs> all of Rigby is my family. I didn't mean like the population. Uh, Makeup like geography. Yeah, because my grandma geography. Because because I mean, my grandma literally was the sheriff of that town for like several decades. So like they all know my grandma. But like so. <laughs> but what's uh, what's like the closest big city? Pocatello okay. would be like the next biggest city. It's about an hour south of Rigby. Okay. So so if you want to know where Rigby's at, uh, Boise, Idaho is in the southwestern corner of Idaho. You want to go three hours east, and you'll pass a little fort that would basically you choose to either go to Pocatello or you choose to go to Ogden. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can go to Pocatello, and then you go straight north, and you like you go right through Rexburg, which goes immediately into Rigby. Okay. So, and it's fairly flat, a lot of um, like farms. Um, if you go into the city, it's just gas stations <laughs> so that's what i joked about was like they have a oh what is it they have a it's on a pause they have they have like a mix between what albertson's used to be and a pause in there i forgot the name of it it starts with a b and it's a really long name but they have one general grocery store they have a dollar store and they have three gas stations. Three. <laughs> and then the rest of it's all Are all of the gas stations like Kitty Corner from each other? Yeah. Of course. They're they're all right next to each other. And then and then if you want to go to anything, they have a nice golf course. Um but that's pretty much it. Is they have like oh like one elementary school, one junior high, one high school, and then you have, you know, BYU Idaho. That's mm-hmm. not too far away. In Rexburg. In Rexburg, right? Because it's like literally just outside of Rexburg. They're pretty much one and the same. Well, because uh, I thought about that without consulting a map, that was not relevant to what I'm talking about at all. Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because I was gonna say, I'm like, did you do a thing? I'm like, I'm like, because Rigby literally has nothing. I'm gonna tell they you have, about your haunted family. They have a nice hill you can go that you used to be able to go sledding on until they privatized it. Ugh. Gross. And by nice hill, I mean, like, you could slide down it for, like, maybe three seconds. Um, what? I, huh? They're really big into rodeos. Oh, of course. Southern Idaho. My family owns a lot of horses. I thought you were going to say they own a lot of rodeos, and I was they like, that's... own a lot of rodeos. All right. Okay. Um, my grandpa, here, I'm going to, well, I'm going to, you know, uh, just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
I'm gonna vamp. Vivisection. Vamp. Okay. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna get a vasectomy. I'm gonna vamp. It's not the same thing, but okay. I'm gonna vamp for a little bit. You heard it here first. My grandpa actually used to do chariot racing. Oh. Yeah. He had a horse named Doc. And then uh, he had another horse, and I think this may be the horse that Dad says that I'm named from, which was they had a horse named Decker. Um, oh, no. Well, no, there's two stories to that. I'm either named after a horse, so don't look at me. And then, I, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, it's like, don't, look, me a, not looking don't at you. look a gift horse in the mouth because I'm gifted. And I'm a horse. I'm a horse. Prance, prance. Versace. Horse dancing. Uh, or I named after a character in General Hospital who runs after his fiance in a school building that eventually blows up and they both die. It's one or the other. So these are the options. It's these either the... a character on General Hospital or a horse. Well, a character that dies on General Hospital. You're either a, a dead fictional character or a horse. Right. But I went after my fiance. Hold on, hold on. Given your age. Oh my gosh, is there a horse called Prance a lot? Probably. There better be. But given your age, you're either named after A, a dead fictional character, or B, a dead horse. Right. So, but yeah, my grandpa did chariot racing, and my dad actually, I think he did some horse racing racing as well. Because, like, that's my, that was my family's big thing. They had trophies about mm-hmm. us to, like, doing chariot racing, like, doing any kind of horse racing. So, yeah. Well, like I said, this is not relevant to that at all. But I bought you time. You, I didn't need it. Cool. I bought me time. <laughs> but I enjoyed the story. It's fungible. Um, no, it's not. That's not how that. I thought works. this was going to be relevant, but Rigby ended up being further away from than what I was going to talk to you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was it further north? Yes. Like towards like Coeur d'Alene or like. Nope. <laughs> what? Wait, did I just do my? I I turned my. Coeur d'Alene is super north. Yeah. I, not just like. More north. That's like really north. Are we talking about like into the wilderness, like northeast? No, like Rigby is more north of this. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you go two hours south, or like two hours and okay, five so south, minutes, so it's south of Pocatello. Yes, it okay. is. So if you you're in Rigby. So you go to Rigby. You realize there's nothing there, and you're like, "Fuck this! I go south instead." I really made an error bringing this up <laughs> because it like it's not. I mean, it's two hours. You know what's funny? Not we, can go, we can go on a little trip sometime because Pocatello. I mean, again. Well, yeah, we need to go see the horse beds. Yeah. So tell me. Uh, right. Where are we going? So. Where are we actually going now? Because. To make it sort of relevant. There really was no lot to talk about with Rigby. I mean, if you're if you're in Rigby and you you drive through Pocatello, uh, you know you're you're driving south for about two hours, maybe maybe an additional five minutes according to Google Maps. Oh, that's nice. You're going to hit. The town of Albion, Idaho. Albion. Albion. I've, like, heard of, I've heard of Albion. Yes, like King Arthur, Albion. That. That. Now you lost me. Let, you had me. Albion. Albion. That's, that's where King Arthur and the. Okay. I'll have to tell you about that sometime. Yes. We are specifically going to be talking about the Albion State Normal School, also sometimes referred to as the Albion Normal School. Mm hmm. It was established by the Idaho legis- Idaho State Legislature. Legis- legislature. There we go. In 1893, the citizens of Albion actively lobbied the school's establishment, and then the land that it's on and the labor for the construction was all donated by people in the surrounding area. Uh, the school offered two-year teacher training programs until 1947, and it was also just like a general school school. So, cool. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, after the depression, we're getting like we're getting better. K through twelve type thing. Okay, as well as teacher school. Um, in so after nineteen forty seven, it was then renamed to the Southern Idaho College of Education, and then that there it awarded uh, baccalaureate degrees, and then it um was not doing so well. Financially, huh? Tie-in. Uh, it was not doing so well money-wise. It had a. It was having a lot of low income, low attendance, uh, lack of funding. So could you say they were out of control? <laughs> oh, that was a bad one. I hope it hurt. Continue. <laughs> I yeah yeah. Um, and being that it was a, a state school, I mean, you know, they had things that they needed to do, which I will talk about a little bit later. Um, so it, it did close in 1951, which I will mention multiple times. Shame. Uh, so during its existence, Albion State Normal School awarded approximately, and so it says approximately, and then it gave a very specific number. It awarded approximately. It gave approximately 6,460 degrees. Approximately. My brain turned that into, like, Fahrenheit. God, it is real hot there. Well, it turned into the surface of the sun. Well, actually, that would be for the Celsius, I think. 5,000 degrees. You said yes. 6,000, though, right? Uh-huh. Okay. It's hot! Yes, so then it closed in 1951. It remained vacant until... That's a lot of degrees, though. <laughs> it like, it I, is. I want to talk about that because, like, Rigby literally has hundreds of people. Not thousands, hundreds of people. Oh, that's people. another thing. The uh, So, many years ago, and when I say many, I mean, like... Yes, I'm going back, I'm going back. Early 1900s. Okay, okay. It had a population of, like, 4,000. As of the 2010 census, it had a population of 200. That's unfortunate. I mean... They all went to the, you know, the flourishing city of Rigby. <laughs> More like the flourishing city of Twin Falls. Mm, right. <laughs> Silver City? <laughs> Sugar City. <laughs> oh! Uh, oh, that was another thing. I was on, uh, We're Haley, Idaho. I, I did look at a map. I apparently didn't look for, for far enough up the map. Um, the, the closest town that I recognize the name on. of... Was Declo, which dude? That's where I. That's where I hit the streets. Oh. I get, I get so hot in this in his Declo? house. Yeah, I get Declo. Which it's it's a pretty close town there. So I was like, oh okay. So I'm like familiar with things. But then the next largest town, other than Twin Falls, was Burley. It's also my side hustle of like glow rings, like 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 glow like you know what I mean? Glow uh, glow sticks. Glow sticks. Yeah. Glow the ones rings. That bend. Glow rings. Yeah, because they just they go in your rings. <laughs> I'm concerned about your extracurricular activities. I've been not making a profit. <laughs> <laughs> I even, that sounds I, fiscally I, irresponsible. I, right. I know. I need some help. <laughs> Anyways. So it remained vacant after it closed from uh, 1951 till 1957 when okay. the Magic Valley Christian College opened at the site and then later closed in 1967. Nope, in 1969 is when they closed. Okay. And so then the campus was deeded back to the city of Albion the following year, and then they continued to maintain the grounds and figure out what they could use this property for. So finally, the empty and... Yes? I, I just keep going. I don't like where this is going now. Oh. Well, so finally, the empty and dilapidated like property... Is maybe dilapidated isn't the weird good. Dilapidated sounds like a fun word. Dilapidated, de deteriorating, abandoned. What does dilapidated mean? Like 
ramshackle. I don't have Google here. I need your help. Like ramshackle kind of fall. Okay. Ramshackle. Oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Dilapidated and ramshackle. Here, let's welcome welcome to our uh, our uh, word words of the day. Dilapidated. Uh, oh no, there we go. Come back. Dilapidated is in a state of despair or ruin as a result of age or neglect. Yes. Dilapidated. That's fun. And then what was the other one you said? Ramshackle. Ramsh. <laughs> Ramshackle in a state of severe despair. Yes. You both worked. Yes. You're good with the words. I'll thank you. I barely know my English. <laughs> um, that was fun. Deteriorated is also a good word. And that one I know. Uh, Why couldn't you just live with that? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fun, though. I Now, now you've learned two words. Dilapidated and ramshackle. I will use those at the wrongest of moments. <laughs> I look forward to this. Uh, so they... This cat is dilapidated. Uh, no. He's in a state of despair because he wants to get out. (laughs) This is true. Ramshackle! Ramshackle! I'm going to have that be my safe word. There is like a black cat puddle outside the door. (laughs) Oh, CJ. Did did you just boob bump our mic? Sure did. I just chest bumped the mic. Nice. (laughs) Okay. So they... We've established that the property is in disrepair. Uh, so they sell it at a public auction on June 2nd, 2007, and the Mortensen family is the winning bidder with a bid of $810,000. The new owners begin rehabilitating portion of the campus to serve as a conference and retreat center, and this they call the Campus Grove at, at Albion. Okay. Uh, throughout the years, most of Albion's school students were drawn from the farms and towns in the surrounding counties. Uh, and, <clears throat> excuse me, from the school's inception, it was decided by the supporters that it should be strictly in the business of training interest, interested and able persons to be teachers in Idaho's growing society. So they wanted to train people to teach people in the area. I love that. Uh most That's weird that we really were trying to support our education here. Yeah, you would That seems very counterintuitive to how right? Idahoans are. Right? You wouldn't you wouldn't think we liked teachers if you looked really at how they were paid. Them, don't go to school. Uh, basically. Yeah. Uh however, a lot of students did use Albion as a stepping stone to other fields or um just other endeavors, other schools, not just teaching. Um which I mean that's fine. You know, it's funny. I actually was wondering, I was like, why does that name sound very familiar? And then I was like, oh, I was because I wasn't thinking Albion. I was thinking Abalon, which is, uh, pretty sure, an arch devil. Oh. Oops. Yes. The arch devil of learning. <laughs> really cares about your education. Uh, during the Depression, so 1930s, uh, enrollment dropped significantly. I like uh, how you had a state that was 1930s, because that makes me think that we have so many consistent depressions here. We have fiscal depressions. Okay, so that's the thing. You know, mental depressions? (laughs) Well, yes. But we've had financial depressions since then. They just aren't calling them depressions because it makes people upset. They're called recessions, right? Yep, they're calling them other things. (laughs) Little bumps in the road. Uh Uh-huh. The bump in the road of 2020. So this was the Great Depression of 1930. Otherwise, it was like the only depression. Of my life. So... Enrollment drops significantly. Uh, state funding also drops. Because people uh, dropped? Yes. Everything, everything drops. 
just dropping all over. Declo? <laughs> Declo. Drop the deck. <laughs> That's like a real deep cut there. I um. All of these jokes about this weird small town in Idaho. <laughs> I want there. There are people I, in France. If, going, I, ever, if I ever become a rap star, I want it to just be called like D-Lo in honor of like Declo. Delo. 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 Delo stick. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot dignify that any further. Well, I, I just want to take a moment to just say how much I love our audience here. For those that listen, you really are putting up with some like <laughs> s- just some stupid shit on most on a, on, a, on an. A, Consistent basis. basis. Yeah. Thank you. I. You talk. You need. You take the words. <laughs> Please <Okay>. help. <laughs> help me. So we have the depression. Money's not good. Attendance isn't good. Nothing is good. Albion Normal was able to hang on, however, by putting the students to work at the school jobs. So like maintenance, construction, uh, food preparation. Janitorial things, dude. Lunch, school lunches were the worst. Yeah. You remember like the like plasticky nacho cheese. Yeah. Or like the except hot dogs would, that would bounce like. Except than when a, you were like eight, it was like the best thing ever. Dude, it was. I took that nacho cheese and I put it on my hot dog that could like bounce up to the ceiling if you mm-hmm. threw it like hard enough. Do you remember the like pizza pockets that were just like dude. weird long drumsticks of like yeah. tomato sauce yeah. and bread? And literally cardboard like, like you buy it and you're like there's like this little it's like a toothpaste worth of like actual yeah. pizza sauce that was fun ah uh, elementary school mm. uh, I brought my lunch pretty much all through elementary school except on you know they would send out the calendar with what the schedule was if you brought and your so lunch you ruled the school my parents would they'd be like oh this like this is a special lunch you can get this one from the school like because like if you had like the snacks though Oh, see, no, I... See, I had the, what I called, I think, I think we called them the fluffernutter sandwiches, because it was peanut butter and marshmallow fluff sandwiches. Dude, no joke, I got whatever I wanted for lunch, because I'm like, I'll trade you half my sandwich for, like, that piece of pizza. They're like, done, because it was, like, literally just sugar and oh peanut butter. Oh, my God. No, like, I grew up really poor, so we had, like, bologna sandwiches, and... What else did we have? Don't eat bologna for a year straight. Uh, You'll live to regret it. Like, this, like, sun-belt granola bars. Mm. That, that was lunch. Um, funny thing, I haven't eaten a whole lot of bologna since then. Yeah, neither have I, because I ate it for literally all of my third uh-huh. grade year, and I got viciously sick. When I say vicious, like, my body assaulted me afterwards. It was, well, I also did peanut butter and bologna. Oh, gross. I was. Why I, would you do this? I hated myself as a kid. <laughs> I was like, what can I put in me? I also don't eat hamburger helper, because we ate that for many years. Because yeah, spam and cheap. bologna. Just, that's it. No. It's a wonder I'm alive. It, yeah, it really is. Like my brain's made of spam now, and my arms I'm are flattening you with spam. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Albion Normal. Albion. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. This cool. And Albion Normal School. Yep. I already told you how they were able to hang on, putting students to work. Cool. Uh, during World War Two, they also had an issue because a lot of the men folk were off at war. I was going to say off at work. No, as they were as off we at, do. They were off at war. So they actually ended up closing down one of the residence halls because it was a men's hall and there just there wasn't anyone to put in it. 
If I remember correctly, I think that was Miller Hall. <laughs> Miller Hall? Yeah. As we have the reign of Miller Lite and <laughs> how he died. Um, after World War II, however, Albion Normal became a major educational magnet for returning servicemen and women. The momentum of this influx of students affected not only Albion Normal, but also uh, several other uh, institutions of higher learning in Idaho. So that's cool. Okay. In 1946, the state of Idaho commissioned the George Peabody College for Teachers of Nashville, Tennessee, to survey the conditions of the educational system in the state and to recommend improvements. I'm going to take a long shot that we probably still haven't fulfilled those. Why would we? Uh, The Peabody Report recommended that Albion State Normal School be closed down unless the school could greatly increase its enrollment within five years. In 1947, in an effort to readily reflect this mission, uh, the name of Albion State Normal School was changed to Southern Idaho College of Education, which sounds much fancier, but less metal. My stomach was growling. It sure was. It had the growlies. I mean, it's because we mentioned bacons, and it just was... I mean, you're like, yum. Bacons. (laughs) Bacon strips. (laughs) You remember those commercials? Yeah. It's bacon! Like Zach Bacon's like like little mini sodas of just Zach Bacon's just saying something and they call oh bacon God. strips. <laughs> he charged a thousand dollars for them. So they tried to bring in you know more students with this name change, um, and then they were actually granted accreditation as for a four year institution when they changed their name. Okay. Uh, during its fifty seven nope, I already told you that. Um, one of the act- the students that. Uh, went on to be a teacher, was uh, Terrell H. Bell, and he attended Albion Normal from 1940 to 1942, and he actually served as the United States Secretary of Education from 1981 to 1985 under the Reagan administration. Oh, that's So that's cool. kind of neat. Yeah, go us. Did we actually increase education then? Probably not. I don't know. Okay, then maybe not. I mean, uh, we did something, though. Yeah. <laughs> By 1951, it was obvious that the school was not going to be able to fulfill its mandate from the state. Um, Although the citizens of Albion strongly objected, it was closed down in 1951. So then it was vacant until 1957. From 1958 to 1969, the school was the Magic Valley Christian College. And then from 1969 to 2007, it was just empty and abandoned. Dilapidated. Mm. Ramshackle, if you Ramshackle. will. <laughs> Ramshackle. Ramshackle. So then the Mortensen family bought the property at the state auction in 2007. Uh, re, uh, uh, words, uh, I want to say reinvigorated, and that's not what I want. Refurbished? Yes, that one. Uh, part of it into their, and so they refurbished that into their, like, retreat, meeting, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Except in October... It is the Haunted Mansions of Albion. So from their website, which I should note has not been updated since 2018, Haunted Mansions of Albion is, is the is a the largest indoor-outdoor haunted... Is a the largest? Well, I copy and pasted this, so that is exactly what is on the, the website. Perfect. I'm excited. Keep yeah. going. Uh, haunted Mansions of Albion is a the largest indoor-outdoor haunted production in the Northwest. 
<coughs> come and tour through five historic buildings once known as the Albion State Normal School, a now abandoned college campus. During your visit, you will make your way through approximately 100,000 square feet of haunted historic indoor space. There's an exclamation point. Oh. The School of Chaos, the Clown House, the Creature House, and Comish Hall Ghost Hunting will keep you on your toes. Not only are the indoor haunts terrifying, but you will find your weight in line very entertaining. What does that mean? I have no idea. Just someone <laughs> just stares at you. Uh, maybe. Uh, so then the campus was actually... <laughs> the campus was actually added to the National Register of Historic Places in November of 1980. So that's neat. Yay! Um... And like I said earlier, it is primarily used like as a retreat, which was the like Cedar Grove and whatever bullshit they called it. What did they call it? Oh, Campus Grove at Albion. Um, but during this time, uh, specifically like the um, time that it has been owned by the Mortensons, there have been uh, apparitions that have been seen. Um, so I do have some descriptions of those. In the House of Chaos, I didn't find anywhere where they said which building this was. Uh, people have reported seeing a large black Labrador approaching people only to quickly disappear as soon as they turned to look. At Comish Hall, a paranormal invest nope. At Comish Hall, paranormal investigators have seen the spirit of a black-haired woman named Margaret, who in her lifetime would hide out in the building when she was overwhelmed by her large family. Throughout the campus, and this isn't a paranormal thing necessarily. I mean, sort of. Throughout the campus roams a black, bushy cat with slight auburn shades nicknamed Bones. Bones lives in the area, surviving off mice, Mortensen said. The cat is friendly and follows, oh, uh, followed some people around while they were walking around into every building except for, uh, Bokok Hall? Bokok? Into a building. One particular building. Would not go in that building, is the point they're trying to make. Um, which was, that building is known as the Axline Gymnasium. Uh, that is the site of a ghostly encounter that reportedly got physical. An employee named Jesse... <laughs> sounds like I'm getting ready for a sexual novel I'm, here. <laughs> uh, it's not like Jamie Lee Curtis physical. Oh, okay. Um, and that was a reference to the, like, 1980-something movie titled Perfect with Jamie Lee Curtis and John Travolta. Because I realized that that song is sung by Olivia Newton-Johnson. But, anyways, <laughs> mission and, and, and hmm? I just had a stroke. It's fine. It's okay. We'll get through it together. Right. So an employee named Jesse tried to scare his friends, Mortensen said. He hid behind the corner of a stair set and reached for his friends as they walked by. Something in turn grabbed him and pushed him up against the wall. He never returned to the campus. Like, do they, did, was he still alive? Like... Uh, I'm assuming, like... It didn't say, but I'm assuming that he hightailed it out of there and then didn't come back. It's like, because I'm also thinking, too, like, he just got grabbed. It was never seen it's like, like he didn't return, because he was dead. Dun, dun, dun! Uh, workers go in and... No, what? Work. We have workers go in and not come back because they're so scared, manager Jerry Jones said. The Southeastern Idaho Paranormal Organization, abbreviated yeah, as organization. There's actually quite a few paranormal uh, investigation organizations in Idaho, which is kind of neat. SIPA, uh, they investigated. They have investigated the old campus on several occasions. A pair of red eyes stared at them, uh, the investigators, 
from behind trees several yards away. The eyes were set about seven feet off the ground, so too far up to be a human. Uh, they thought it might be a bear or a wolf, a, wo- a, a bear or a wolf or a coyote. Okay, first off, what kind of wolves are seven feet? Well, but see, that's the next thing is I said, no, that doesn't make any sense. It has to be something else. I mean, a bear could possibly be like a full grown bear on its hind legs. With red eyes? I mean, I've seen Fox and the Hound. That bear has fucking red <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Um, so that scared them pretty good, and they said, uh, Eric Aldridge, um, who I believe is the, like, the, he runs, uh, the Southeastern Idaho Paranormal Organization, he said that that scared them pretty good, that was the only time that he's been scared during an investigation. Aldridge reported hearing ghost stories about Albion as a child, proving to be the impetus for him to become a ghost hunter. He made his first, and guess, he did his first investigation in 2008, but admitted to being a bit of a, a skeptic initially. Initially. I don't... That you word, threw an extra N Yeah, that word came out initially. Weird. Initially. Uh, so he was a, a bit skeptical at first. Uh, within an hour, however, he reported hearing some knocking while he was in the school's old auditorium. Uh, they tried to replicate the knocking, thinking that plywood over the windows could be banging in the breeze, but all of the plywood was securely fastened down, and there was no access to it from the outside but it was very loud and distinct. Uh, Aldridge spent several hours inside the building with a fellow investigator, but it wasn't until he reviewed his pictures that he noticed something unusual. In one of the rooms, he caught a full shadow figure that appeared to be holding a flashlight. Uh, They were thinking it could have been one of the other investigators. However, they were the only two in the building. Uh, They thought, okay, maybe it's one of our shadows, but they were standing side by side and there were no other shadows on the floor. Um, he took 300 pictures at that same spot and failed to reproduce the original image. Mm-hmm. Um, so his theory is that it was a, a house mom. So they used to patrol the halls at night, making sure that everyone was where they were supposed to be. Uh, Aldridge also reported taking two pictures on the auditorium's ground floor. Uh, they showed what appeared to be a little boy walking through the seats, and he was in different spots in each picture. They could not see a face, but it did look like he was wearing a suit. Aldridge says that when anyone asks him if Albion is haunted, he responds in the affirmative. I have been there three times, and it hasn't disappointed me yet. It is an amazing place, and I would investigate there again without hesitation, if given the chance. So he liked that a lot. <clears throat> um, there were two boys that died while they were in attendance at the school. Mm. It doesn't seem to be anything fishy. Um, there was a fire. They died of smoke inhalation. Um, also, uh, there's some things that say reportedly, or like history reports that in, uh, the 1980s, when it was abandoned, it was a popular place for Satanists to sneak into and practice their rituals. I would like to remind you that the eighties, when these Satanists were sneaking around doing all this stuff, was also the height of the Satanic panic. So just, you know... Keep that in the back of your head for when you when we're gonna go watch this episode. Um, Am I gonna see like the what is it the same kind of silhouette that they showed on the the demon on the bridge for that one episode where like the girl like freaked out and like never came back to the crew? No, I don't think so. Um, there there's been like staff that get sick when they go into certain buildings. Um, uh, Com- I think it's specifically Comish Hall. Uh, the 
Oh, yes. So the episode that we're going to watch is from Ghost Adventures Season 15, Episode 9. Oh, and it's it, a new one. It aired in uh, November of 2017. And I think it was filmed in, like, July of 2017 or something like that. Okay. So we can go watch that. And I'm very excited for your reactions. Woo! Here we have returned. Yes. Let's discuss what we just witnessed. Well, yeah, so... Freaking. So for any of the things that I previously told you about Albion State Normal School, mm-hmm. is there anything that would lead you to believe any of the things that were just detailed in that episode? So, it was a school. Yes. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> um, there were satanic rituals? No. Aww. <laughs> uh, Mysterious, mysterious deaths. Really hammering the satanic rituals. He was really trying to go for that real hard. Really hard here in Idaho. Uh huh. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's happening, but I and I, I feel like that location probably is haunted. I just don't think it's that kind of haunted. Right, and I think my favorite part too is uh, he not only was he hammering at like the satanic rituals and stuff, but he just, there was a lot of raging. Yeah. A lot of raging. And so, like, especially the scratches oh God, on the back of the was... ear. So one guy yeah. had uh, scratches behind his ear, and it was like an X and then a line, and then the other guy had two lines. And they're like, these are five lines. If you put them together, you can make an inverted pentagram. It's the sign of the devil. <laughs> it's always part of satanic rituals. Yeah. That was very... Uh, I did find uh, their spirit box to be impressive. Like, initially, like I thought that part was like really interesting. Um, they made a whole big thing about, like, oh, yeah. notice how we only get any activity when we push it to this pentagram. Yeah. Um, which... I don't know what exactly they were trying to show with that because that looked like it was that paint was maybe six months old. They were trying to validate. Like it looked like it was very recent. They were trying to really validate that some sort of uh, otherworldly ritual had been completed there, so that there was residual energy from. But I feel like pulling on this like graffiti that's on the wall in a place that is a haunted house Mm -hmm. is bullshit. Yeah. Because when we went through the uh, Tuella Hospital, which is also a haunted house, there's spray-painted graffiti everywhere. Because mm-hmm. it makes it look spooky when you're in the dark. Right. Like, I think my favorite part, too, is uh, also the lady, right? When he's like, oh, trying yeah. to explain this thing to her, she's like, oh, um, wow. Uh-huh. Oh. There's something really evil here. Okay. Right. Or the, the guy that he interviewed... And he was like, yeah, so there was, like, two boys that died here, then their deaths were mysterious, and he was like, no, they died in a fire. Yeah. From the smoke. And he was like, but our research shows that it was mysterious. And the guy was like, oh, okay. Right. uh, (laughs) It's definitely just a fire, Have you seen anything weird here? Oh, I don't know. Reminds me of the Jewish guy that he had come on his show. Yeah, it definitely felt like he was trying to lead the... Yeah, he was trying to do it. The, um, the conversation. The witness! 
Yeah. Look at all this, like, interesting things that's happened here, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I guess. But. No buts. Yeah. And like I said earlier, he was really trying to hammer the, the whole uh, satanic ritual area thing. And remember that at the time that they are claiming that this would have been a thing was the height of the satanic panic, which, guess what? There was a lot more panic than there was actual Satanism. Yeah, and like there was, so there was the rituals, right? And he definitely liked, he kept trying to send everyone off on their own Mm -hmm. the entire time, which you're going to be hypersensitive to your Mm -hmm. surroundings, especially with the, you know, expanding and contracting of the structures Mm -hmm. due to change in temperature. Yeah. Um... What else was it? There was one other thing I really wanted to touch on. Um, there's a dirty joke in there somewhere. I think it was who's Zach's other guy that was on there. Aaron. Aaron. The yellow just, one. Aaron just oh so overexcited about everything, like way overacting. Well, and the other thing too was he, if there were any hauntings there, him talking over them was yeah. not. You couldn't hear a goddamn thing because as soon as any like there was any little sound, he was like screaming over the top of it. Yeah, and not just that too. He was also trying to decipher it, which mm-hmm. then makes it very hard for you to hear mm-hmm. what you would have heard by yourself, right? Because the human brain, once you hear like, "Oh, it's this," your brain tries to find that pattern to confirm. And it. a lot of the times, it sounded like like the spirit box was just spitting out incomprehensible nonsense, and he's like, "Oh my god, it said the devil." Oh, it's like you're gonna die. Yeah. No, it's like. <laughs> I think my favorite part too was like the one guy that just like had the ear thing going on. So he's like, "Oh man, I'm just." And he's just like laying on the ground. Oh, I'm gonna die. <laughs> um, my favorite part was when they were in the the satanic room, and they were like, "Do you hear that? It sounds like a goat man walking around upstairs." Yeah. You fucking serious? A goat man, like in like it just sounded like some just like some normal footsteps. Yes, and like and Bahamut is upstairs. That's yeah. I hear. For fuck's sake. You know, I live with Goat Man. He uh, we great roommate and all. He really scuffs up the wood floors though. Not a fan <laughs> of that. Yeah, and so <laughs> that part too is pretty funny. He's like, it's it, it must be the Goat Man. He's really going for that Goat Man. I also have to have to touch on one of my pet peeves. Uh, the difference between a pentagram and a pentacle. Right. Is a pentacle, is not the one with the circle? Yes. Also noted, a pentagram is like a symbol of protection. Now when it's, when it's inverted, then they, then it's, you know, makes the sign of a goat. And oh, blah, blah, blah. But, and the goats are sit down. That's when it's allegedly supposed to be used to like entice evil spirits to appear or mm-hmm. ooh, whatever. Maybe but, they want to protect themselves while talking to evil spirits. I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, because you do the pentagram, which you say. And like, a pentacle, so you have a pentagram, which is a symbol of protection, and then you put a circle around it, which is also a protection thing, but also, like, unity and togetherness. Like, mm-hmm. the unity these are not of the goat man. I if, want to become friends. If you're going to reach for something to be satanic, then at least, like... Have it actually be inverted where it looked like the, oh, yeah. the pentagram that they had there was just kind of sideways. Did they ever investigate the? Because I wonder if like after the show if they decided to investigate like the body, like the ash pit and stuff like that. Because really they put that little like. That, that was box. another thing where they put the spirit box down this ash pit, and 
as they're doing this, they're like asking it questions, whatever, and the voiceover is like, so we confirmed that there are body parts down here, or remains from satanic rituals down here. And I was like, you confirmed this? You confirmed this with the spirit box? Yeah, like, not to look in the... They, they like, the thing, it shows, like, what the spirit box is saying. They're like, oh, is this a doorway? And it goes, doorway. doorway. Uh, are, there, are there bodies uh, down here? Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. Great, yeah. Christ. Wow, we're very chatty today. <laughs> <laughs> that was just very, very interesting. But those scratches was on par with the... Uh, the nickel. The, oh, yeah. The 1999 nickel. 666. Six, six. Literally one of my favorite. One. That was when I fell in love. That was when I fell in love with the Bigginses. Was that. I feel like this this episode in particular, though, they were reaching real hard for a lot of things. And like I said, I I'm I feel like this location probably is haunted. Oh, for sure. But I, I don't think it's haunted by malevolent things. I don't necessarily think that there is a satanic presence there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Plus, not a lot happens in Idaho anyway, so I mean, if there was anything, then I'd expect it to be more like natives. Yeah. Right? Um, and if it was just a fire, you know. Yeah, they died of smoke inhalation. Yeah, it wasn't so, like a violent death. Yeah, and, and that was another thing where he's like, oh, it was mysterious, and he was like, was like, you know... Well, our research says. Okay. That's my favorite part. But he's telling you what happened, so... It's the our research part. Well, our research is better than your first-hand account. We created a blog, and we added... (laughs) And now we actually have research. We put our feelings on the internet, and now we can cite it. (laughs) Boom. But yeah, definitely interesting to say the least. And it's actually kind of fun to know that we actually have, like, a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah, even all the way out there. Yeah. I wonder if it's very popular. I, you know, I don't know. I couldn't really ascertain much of that since the website hasn't been updated since the last year. So I, like, I don't know if they're expecting lots more people to come or if they had a good return last year. So mm-hmm. I, I do not know. Yeah. I wonder, um, too, um, it's funny. <laughs> I'm all, I always compare this with haunted houses because. There was a haunted house my uh, friend used to run with his family. At the very end, you get a freaking Hershey's chocolate bar. Huh. And so I'm like, where the hell is my freaking Hershey's chocolate bar? Because that used to be the thing that we'd always where was have that? happen. That was, um, so where I used to live on Edna and Lena, mm-hmm. um, by uh, Frontier Elementary, that way, way long ago when I was like eight. Um... One of my best friends, his name was Alex. He lived in a uh, cul-de-sac area down the road. And he... Like, there was always... like The thing was, that neighborhood was boss for Halloween. Mm -hmm. I got so many candy bars. Like, Mm -hmm. full-size candy bars. Not just, like, little fun size. Like, legit candy bars. To the point where I'd always get very sick on Halloween. Because I'd (laughs) get way too much candy. But... Down there, you'd go at the very end, and there'd be this awesome haunted house with, like, smoke machines. It was, like, in the garage. Oh, so they just, like, set it up in the Yeah, house. in the cool. house. And, like, it was, like, in the garage. So you'd walk you'd walk um, inside the front door, then go into the garage and, like, kind of, like, interact and stuff. It wasn't a very large one. Mm-hmm. It was very small, very simple. Had a fog machine and stuff. Um, but I loved it. And so, yeah. I'd love to have one of my own someday if I 
out of the house. I'm trying to remember the last time I went through a haunted house. I've been to some really cool ones, but unfortunately I can't remember where they were at. Because we had some cool ones even like nearby here. Are you not not counting when we were in, in Utah and we went through the Tooele Hospital since that like wasn't the haunted house at the moment. It just right. still had all the stuff all around. You know, it it legitimately might have been in high school. We went to the haunted world mm -hmm. my sophomore year, I think, with uh, sophomore or junior year with a dance team we went to the haunted world. That may have been the last time I went through any sort of a haunted thing. Yeah. I really like haunted houses. Those ones are always fun. And because it was fun to go with friends and mm -hmm. have them scream. Back when I wasn't such a screamy boy. <laughs> now you're a screamy boy. <laughs> now I'm always a screamy boy. <laughs> but I, I can't decide if I like those or not, because I startle very easily. Yeah, I get you. The yeah. other day I flung an olive out of my salad at myself, and it startled me. <laughs> it was like CJ status, our very jumpy cat. <laughs> Noise. But... Well, shall yeah, we... it was definitely very, it was fun, uh, definitely played up, had, for sure. It has good entertainment value, that, um, yeah. but I did, I listened to one thing where some lady referred to it as a documentary, and I was like, oh no, no, no. You misunderstand. Oh no, Begins dear. Is. Oh Begins no. Is, I mean, he wishes it was a documentary. It's really a documentary about him. I, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, shall we, uh, shall we roll for next Let episode? Let us roll for it. Yeah. <sighs> I have. Hmm. Goodness. You're now Yanni. I have a new set of dice, actually. Yeah. They're just Amazon dice. They they're they're probably pretty. like HD or something. They are on the floor now. They are gone. Um. <laughs> Got it. Okay, cool. It's like they are. Like translucent and glittery, but they have stripes, so it goes from pink to clear to blue. Mm -hmm. And they're pretty. I got them. Uh, I'm going to be doing a one shot, and I'm going to be playing an Asmar Bard. Okay. An outsider. Mm. An outsider? Asmar? Yeah. Yeah. A celestial? Mm hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, maybe that's just for, like, in Pathfinder and stuff, but, I mean, they are Celestials, but they're considered outsiders. Oh, I, I don't think they are in 5e? Maybe not. But, I mean, they're uh, not in the PHP, it's in Yeah, those, it's because, but... uh, one of my friends, Jared, he's an Asimar. Um, but he's, like, a white necromancer. Oh, no, I'm, I'm a bard, and I'm going to seduce everything. And so I got these dice specifically <laughs> to roll to fall in love. Mm. You're really good at seducing things that you shouldn't. I, not even, I, I wasn't even trying. Well, and then I seduced a, a robot. Yeah, that is the perfect class. Perfect class for you is the seducer. Uh, but Technomancer. Technomancer. Technoromancer. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, oh, did you hear about the, uh, the Cadence uh, of Hyrule game? No. Um, apparently it's like... Oh, or is that the, the sequel Crypto of the, the Wild? No, no, no. It's like Crypt of the Necrodancer. And um, um, it's supposed to be really good. Yeah, I did hear about this. I don't remember if you were telling me about this or John was telling me about this. Probably John, because I hadn't brought it up yet, because only my brother had been talking about it. Okay, then probably John. <laughs> yes. That or, I mean, I do have bad memory, but I'm pretty sure I would have recalled that. 
because it's very recent. Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, what'd you get? What'd you get? I got a three! <laughs> yeah. So we're getting some more paranormal next week. <laughs> Alright, and then I'm, you know, I'm getting really good at Pictionary. Um, you know, the, I, I, I'm a symbologist. I'm gonna, you know, I want to be like freaking, um, oh gosh, who's in Da Vinci Code? Robert Langdon. Robert Langdon is in the Da Vinci Code? I think so. I mean, Google it. Yeah, Robert Langdon. Ha ha! Robert Langdon. Perfect. Yeah, like that's bitches. who I am. Symbolism. I'm gonna do it. Alright, and here we go. Local. Oh. Local. Okay. And local, local current events. events. Okay. Hot oh, damn. Well, that worked out well. Yeah. Paranormal and local, local events. events. I'll have to oh! The face you're making looks painful. No, this is perfect. <laughs> this is everything I wanted and more. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm so happy. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in. Come back next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye! Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA Podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, Podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt.